Interrupted. Welcome to Iman Amongst Men. This is the show where we take an honest look at what it's like to be a man in today's world. We don't shy away from topics most people are too afraid to talk about. We're going to take it all the way there. Make sure you rate, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to all your podcasts. Let's start the show. The theme of today's show, 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours is nothing more than us speaking on the idea of how long it actually takes to become good or great at something. The persistence you have to show, the consistency you have to show. It's good to have those certifications, those degrees, those measures of your time. That's why a degree means something. People measure that as the time you spent to learn that craft. They can trust you a little bit more to do that job. Putting 10,000 hours can help you to master something that you really enjoy, but now you're taking it a step further and you can ask for capital because you've put the time in, you've put the studies in. 10,000 hours for me resonates. Definitely did more than 10,000 hours to get to the NBA. I'm not going to say it take 10,000 hours. It take a little bit more than that. But um, within my quote-unquote 10,000 hours, I lived through one of the most beautiful journeys I could have ever imagined. I met some great people. I feel like I've opened doors for other people. I've picked up on things that I never thought I would pick up on. I experienced things I never thought I could experience. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. All right, man. On today's episode, we're going to be joined by actor, comedian, writer, producer, and fellow Chicago native, Lil Rel. Lil Rel Howry, Lil Howry. boy. We're going to dive into putting in his 10,000 plus hours like Iman just talked about. Gonna talk about other stuff growing up in Chicago, being a Hollywood actor, being a black man who goes to therapy and just normalizing that. It's a dope conversation. We grew Check up it in out. Chicago too. Well, Oak Park, but well, Chicago. Oak Park, yeah. All right, enough bullshit, man. We're gonna get right to the show, man. Check it out. Special guest coming in today, my dog Lil Real. What's, What's going on? What up? What up? I'm gonna give y'all some backstory. My dog came up to me, so casual, <laughs> very humble, great conversation, always kept an open dialogue, told me if I needed anything. So if to ask to come to the podcast and you say yes, I appreciate you standing up on your word, my dog, real. You know what I love about you, though, is that, like, like Chicago don't leave us no matter where. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what award we was at the People's Choice Award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, "What, fam?" You know, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and get lit. People be like, "Y'all know each other, man." Jeez, I don't know. You just start feeling closer to home. I, I, I do, I do. Like to see you in that Bulls hat. Like me and bro here tell you, we we sat up there, way up there, bro, in the three hundred section, back touching the wall. That mm-hmm. was our seats, yeah. Joe. We know what it's yeah. like to rep that Bulls hat. We had the YMZA seats. seats for real. We had Bulls everything. I we, I used to wear snap off pants to the game. Real talk, snap the pants off like I'm finna get in the game. Real talk, the Bulls, the iron on Bull falling off the shorts. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a crazy Bulls fan, so I'm in Atlanta Ooh. shooting this movie. Yeah, and the Bulls played the Hawks. You know, of course. This is where I buy my own tickets too. I don't. Take the free tickets because if you do, sometimes they You're take gonna be on the take side. Yeah. Take gear and all this other stuff. So like, yeah. I'm about my own tickets. And after because <laughs> after the the Knicks owner, man, he was so strict about it. Like he was hurt. Play the Knicks. He'd be like, dude, you can't wear red. You can't wear no Bulls. Like he was dead. I mm-hmm. thought he was joking at first until he yeah. like because he gave me the tickets. I had to take my jacket off. I'm like, 
Word? And, uh, I'm not even lying, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, I to take Damn. my jacket off. I feel him, though. I feel him, though. It's, it's oh, you like, think that's okay? I'm just saying, if the Bulls was giving tickets to Marks, don't let them nah. wear their colors. They got to wear black and red if they need that's United I, Center. But that's why I it's buy I yeah. my tickets, but the Bulls had lost because Trey went crazy. <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that Jumbotron was on me. The Hawks fans going uh, crazy. Yeah. Every Bulls fan out there, they know the we hurt. Like, like the, yeah, the we deep, feel that. deep pain the, when we the lose. The tried to give me a t-shirt and I slapped it out of his hand. Yeah, see? There you go. That's a, yeah. The Hawks yeah. joint, the free joint. Yeah, yeah. they tried to give me the little t-shirt. I thought, yeah. they, kept, they kept harassing me. Cause they yeah. threw it out. But I was talking hella crazy. You could tell, yeah. right, right, right. You was right. a fan. He, a real, he, he was a, a real fan Chicago in Yeah, you gotta leave hot. Oh, he yeah. left hot. That's what he was supposed to do. He left hot. They did he what they hot. supposed to. That's cool. So we gonna kick it off, man. We we just wanted to, to, to really get you in here. We gonna talk about a little bit of everything, but I think to the core, what we're going to get at is they wanted to theme this around 10,000 hours, man. We want to talk about the work yeah. that gets put in. I think so many people these days, I've had people come up to me and say, you know, man, I've been I've been hooping. I, I go to the gym. I do this. I do that. And, and, and how, how, how you get to the NBA? And I'm like, bro, that journey started at four years old for me. You know what I'm saying? Like I told myself then before everybody else believed it, this is what I want to do in the field of acting, in a world of being comedic. When do you say, now's the time I'm about to take this serious? How much work gets put in and how much of it is just having it? Well, you said something that's that's very important. And honestly, what I tell a lot of young people was, like I started seeing it really early. Like this this started when, so two things. In my brain, it probably was like when I was about eight or nine. But at some point when people, you know, you're at school and the teachers ask you what you see when you, what you want to do when you grow up and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. I was already writing down being on Living Color or SNL. Mm. You know, I was writing that down. Mm. So, cause I already knew I've known I always want wanted to do this. I fell in love with stand up and sketch comedy first. It was weird because even like I kind of like faked my family out because I went to like Hell Washington <laughs> College. I didn't, oh yeah, I knew I, knew I didn't yeah. want to go to college for real. I Shout to out like, to the Chicago City Colleges. But yeah, I knew I wanted to do it really early. I just I had to figure out where to start. Now the crazy thing is in the Chicago sometimes every weekend they got a weekend plus every Friday they have like this extra like little newspaper magazine that would get the list of theater shows, the comedy clubs. Mm-hmm. So I started listing all the comedy clubs from the newspaper. And so what I did, that I wanted to see if I can go in there. I still wasn't old enough because a lot of places was 21 and up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually snuck in one night, 18. This is how you do it. I mean, I want to tell young people to do that, but I got I got there really early and helped them set up. So they didn't even know I didn't belong in there. I was older they thought I worked Wow. There. <laughs> and you just slid in, and you just slid just in. <laughs> oh my so god! So you wait a minute. You you got the job, or you just walked in and gave just, yourself? I just walked in because it was already oh, like comedy clubs. If you think about it, like it, it's not a strict thing about anything. So if you have been setting up chairs, they assuming that you work there. Yeah. Uh... Cause they just got so many people coming in and out. They not really. But nobody yeah. come that early neither. Like I came like <laughs> early. Up, you know what I'm saying? 
he was just extra help. Yeah, they was just like, fuck it, let him go. It was crazy to me is the, the way racist. he's saying it. Like literally, <laughs> because people be needing help setting up, they need help cleaning. People always need help. Mm-hmm. Like anybody that's willing to get their hands dirty. But this thing about it, I had to do that a couple times. That was like my first started. But but the other time was I actually got paid for it. D Ray used to have a night uh, at Riddle's mm-hmm. Comedy Club in Chicago, and it was funny back in that time to even get on, on his show. Mm-hmm. You had to get a card from him. You had to call a number to get on the list. It was like a whole Cut. process. Yeah. And I remember walking up to him. You know, D Ray was doing D Ray. Got like two. Two bad chicks with him just chilling. <laughs> I, I remember him looking irritated at me because I'm like, ah, this is D-Ray. Ah, he was looking at me like, fam, you don't see what I'm doing? You know? Yeah, right, right. I got right. something going right now. Bro, I got something spot going. Him. But I didn't care. I was like, that, when I was that, that, that age, I was just young and annoying. I didn't care. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, he gave me his card, like, called his number, blah, blah, blah. I did. And he gave me a guest spot back then. He used to do two shows. And the first show used to be like at 7, 30, 8 o'clock on Sunday nights. And they used to use that show for like the newer guys. Like if he wasn't sure if he was going to do well. The second show mm-hmm. was like the, the, the hood. The, all the, 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 the He's like, yo, you got to be, you got to be Funny. ready for the second show. Yeah. So I got to see you first. So I did the first show. I had a good set. But he was still like, all right, I mean, you ain't ready yet. But I can see it. But I'm like, damn, how do I get a chance to go up at this spot every week? Because it was, it was cracking. It was, just, it was just dope. And so what I started doing was I started helping seating people. He's like, look, I give you stage time every week. You get five minutes every week. Just, just help seat. Because it was always sold out. Mm. So I became a seater. And I remember other comedians was giving me kind of hell about it. Like, man, why you seating, man? That's like weird. People going <laughs> to see you seating and you're going to go up. <laughs> but what they didn't realize, the secret to the sauce was I saw everybody that was coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I knew who the audience was. Yeah. So you knew yeah, so you, got, to, you got a little moments yeah. to be personable with them and all that. There you go. Exactly. And so like by the time I got up there, it was it, it, it just it was warm to you. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Damn. Okay. That's so you kind of little. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. He found but did, a niche. D Ray did that with that intent. I don't know. I mean, look, D Ray, because what happened was he ended up like taking me and two other comedians under his wing. Shout out to Michi and the Wildcat. And um Man, I used to go out to clubs when we go pass out flyers and all that stuff. Like I learned a lot from them. That's crazy. That's dope. You know what's that's crazy? Dope. That's like, like I bet I don't know if y'all was thinking about it then, but that's funny within itself. Mm-hmm. Like a nigga that's a whole he a whole mm-hmm. comedian, but he doing the dirty work. But that's like a show before the show. If he yeah. if yeah. he like if he enjoys it and like yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like if you're greeting me at the door, you getting me seated, but you just funny as hell. I'm already. Yeah. Whatever I done did to get ready for this show, I'm I'm already in yeah. my funny mode. Like, That's dope. Yeah, as a fan, like from the outside looking in, it's different when you, you know, when you hear somebody like yourself who kind of didn't take no for an answer. Yeah. Like, like somebody who's not going to let the door close, who's not going to, you know, they're not going to send you home. Like none of that. He going to find a way to, you know, have his time. Mm-hmm. So we might as well just say, fuck it. Give him his time. <laughs> see what he do. There's so many there's so many other ways you can do respectable stuff without right. kissing that. Right. 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 That a lot of times people think, you know, they over network and they doing too much. And I don't like that. Like if somebody mm-hmm. doing that with me, I'm like saying mm-hmm. doing too much. But I've always taken a real chill approach and kind of been a fly on the wall and just see my moments and be like, all right, cool. If I see it, can I do this? If right. I do it, like it was just always these little small things that included work. 
You know what I'm saying? I'll be yeah. sure my work ethic mm-hmm. and how much I really wanted to do this. Uh, and that's also spilled into the way I do things now, to be honest with you. It's very, everything is very work trip. I'm big on putting the work in. Right. What's the, the learning curve on putting together that stand up? Like, how did you work on really putting together a show? Stage time, you know, I know for me and everybody got their own process, which is what I love about mm-hmm. comedy too. You, you know, I open for a lot of people. And so I got to see their process. Some people write everything out. Some people have like index cards on the table and switching jokes out and putting jokes in. And with me, freestyling, like it, comedy, shouts out to Mary Lynn's who owned Jokes and Notes in Chicago. Mm-hmm. That became my United Center. And I was hosting a night every Wednesday night. And every week I would just freestyle whatever, whatever went on for my week is what I would talk about. And mm-hmm. so eventually when I got to my first special, it literally was the best of for my night of hosting. So whatever jokes people would be like, man, you never even talked about this. Like, right. And like, it was always in here. And it's still, I actually still really do that. Like, so it's not like a, it's not like a thing where you got to film it and know it forward and back. Not for me, man. Cause I don't want to get bored with it. So if I overly repeat it, that's what, you know, what's mm-hmm. funny. That's one of my acting things too. And some directors don't like it because they want to rehearse everything. And then if I don't give them big energy and rehearsal, they're like, oh, like Sam, I'm not going to give you but I'm going to give you until you say action. Yeah. Because I don't want to get bored with the material. I want to still come off and even sound like it's just natural. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think I'm like, we already going to do a bunch of takes. Right. So you want me to do some rehearsal and a bunch of takes? But no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Gotcha. Because yeah. I want to be fresh. So it's always big for me to be fresh. And with stand-up, what I love about it is if you got a great imagination, man, you can just switch up a bit. I've, I've done bits so many different ways in different cities. Like some yeah. people are like, well, he did it this way. He did that. I changed mm-hmm. it up depending on where my imagination go at the time. Yeah, I kind of went through that. Uh, uh, I got the host Dancing with the Stars. With them being in them like funny modes, I, I naturally would go out and I don't know. By the time I got to the stage, it wasn't as serious to me. Like the show didn't seem very serious. It felt like let me make it personable. Like let me not feel like this tall ass dude with this deep voice booming on the mic delivering the lines. Like I just sort of became it. And then I just took the gist of what they wanted me to say and kind of went with it. But I started to see like, okay, in the South, it kind of goes this way. When we went up, when we was up North, they was they was rocking with this. And now here, it just don't feel like it. So I'm switching the show up. Like I, I know that feeling of just being like, well, I'm gonna just start talking about something that just happened backstage right now. Cause that was funny. <laughs> like, and I would, I would, I would see that, that crowd control, that crowd response and just sort of wing it. So it was my, that was my first time though. <laughs> That's like, even hearing you say that, bro, everybody don't know that. Like most people take a robotic version of doing that. And I, yeah. I, I always think that's it. I mean, that's what makes like you think about somebody like Steve Harvey, who we see him host Miss Universe to Family Feud, mm-hmm. the Apollo, yeah. Yeah. the Kings of Comedy, and he didn't change his style. And he's on like the biggest stage, and which that's really what it comes down to. I think most people either try to emulate what they think people want to see or things like that, but Honestly, being yourself can get you a long, real talk, long way. 
Real talk. Mm. And even like, even watch, like, I, I like watching comedians that, I've seen a comedian, his show go well because he bombed his first joke, but realized to like laugh at himself in that moment. It was like a quick fail, but he was like, he used it and like turned it around. But it's like, you really have to feel for that because everything's a different demographic, a different city. That's why I was like, that's crazy that you were seeding people. Cause it's like, you kind of got to see, like mm-hmm. they ain't finna laugh at that. They only, they might not even know what I'm talking about. Like mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. even bring that up. But you also get to a point, And so like, I always say it's sections, right? In the beginning, you, you really do care what the crowd think. You're like, man, I hope they think I'm funny and this and that. And then you get the glow, right? That's what yeah, I call right. it, the glow. Well, you just don't even, you know, I know I'm funny. So let me yeah. just, whatever I want to talk about, either they're going to take this ride with me or they not. When did you, when did you really feel like the glow hit? Yeah, when it hit, hit for real. Like when you knew. It's happened a couple of times. Oh, one shit. of the first times when my roommates, uh, Michi and Wildcat was like, I lived with two other comedians for like about four or five mm-hmm. years and we came mm-hmm. up together. And I used to do, I had not written jokes, but I used mm-hmm. to tell these stories on our road trips all the time, right? Yeah. They'd be in tears laughing every time my mother, my father, my brothers. And, Family, they like, dude, why you not, why you not Talking doing this that. on stage? <laughs> I'm like, I just want to hear about my family, man. Like, real, we didn't hear, we're dying laughing. <laughs> and then they kind of gave me one of those, like, oh, I guess he's scary. Like, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. what it is about triggering about being from the West Side of Chicago. Somebody call you scary. Nobody like that. Or a bitch. Man, man, you bad. I ain't scared of no, you know? Because <laughs> that's what scary me does. <laughs> you a bitch. Like, I ain't like, no what? bitch. I ain't never scared, fam. Like, so the next show I did, I went up there and told a few of those stories and I got the biggest laughs I've got. And mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, that's it. I remember like almost standing on stage and watching the crowd laugh and it was almost like an out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. Like, And all I had to do was talk about yeah. me and my family, the shit that I could talk about all day. And so once, I, once the storytelling aspect for me started coming in, then like, you know, me making the, the characters come to life in the mm-hmm. story and stuff like mm-hmm. that, um, cause that's too, I'm a comedy nerd. So I watch everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, like Eddie is somebody I really, I'm a big fan of the Wayne brothers, just their character work was always so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then watching Eddie, you could just, even if you didn't watch raw or watch any of his stuff, you just listen to it. And the, the picture he's painting by doing the voice, by, mm-hmm. it's just, and so that became my style of comedy, which is, you know, to this day, I think this what makes me a, really good actors because I fell in love with character work really early and committing to it. Yeah. So if I'm doing my mother on stage, which my mom passed to 09, and I remember I had a, like a time where I, had, I stopped doing her mm. after she passed because I got too emotional about it. Like I'll be impersonating her so well It'll to the point you. I would miss her. Yeah. And so while everybody's me. laughing, I'm like sad as fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just mm, like, yeah. Ah. yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? So then, but then I came back to it just because I realized it was celebrating her, right? And it was like, yeah. okay, that's, that's all good. But that's how deep I began into character. Like I would transform into whoever, you know, I'm doing. And so like, you know, it's so interesting. That glow happened there. And then I had a moment when I did Martin Lawrence's First Amendment. And uh, I got the standing ovation in Chicago. We shot it in Chicago. And Cheryl Underwood brought me back on stage. Mm. And said they never. I hate they don't be keeping stuff on when they come on TV. I'm like, why they keep that part? 
But when she told the city, she's like, yo, this is your next Bernie Mac. Mm. Damn. That's stamp. That's a stamp. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a stamp. That's a huge yeah, that's fucking a stamp. stamp. No, that's an honor. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was, it was those I kept having those moments. And then mm. like, you know, I, you know, and like with me, everything is too translates to my faith too. Like, I just love when God blows my mind. Like every time I think, I may think I have something figured out, or I thought I saw something dope. Mm-hmm. And then like, boom, it's like, oh, yeah. I didn't see that coming. Right, exactly. right. And so like, it's just, it's just really, I have, so, I love what I do. I really do. And, and coming from Chicago, which is just, it's just a different, honest humor. And there's so many people so good from there. You gotta be really good. You know you're a good comic if you get respect, if people come and they laugh hard as hell in Chicago. Chicago is one of those cities. Ooh, yeah, like you better way. think your show through. Mm-hmm. Like, cause Chicago has that 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 type of crowd that will stare at you like, mm-hmm. and then after a while they get aggressive. No, nah, G, that ain't funny. G, hey, G, hey, G, I ain't gonna lie, G. I can get up there, G. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I'm funny as hell. <laughs> I was funny as hell in high school. <laughs> until, until you do Chicago Cop, right? This is what I tell people, like, uh, you know. I done seen it all. A person that could heckle you, right? They mm-hmm. started with you. Yeah. You raised the mess out of them. And, and they, they fight you. you. Right, they, they, they literally ready to fight They gonna send that up. And but then you ready for that, right? If you used to it, I kind of know what I'm getting into, right? That's mm-hmm. why I like yeah. the art of learning how to roast somebody and then diffuse it. And diffuse it is a gift for sure, because you could be because you could be that funny where you could roast it. them for ten minutes, and in that last minute bring it back to make them feel like, hey, G, it's just jokes, it's all love. You say something about yourself. That's to yeah. me the best way to go. If you yeah. if you roast this dude and bring it back on you. Yeah, be like, now nah, he got me nervous, y'all. I don't know if I'm gonna live after this. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I'm gone, man. That's my. <laughs> man, it's real talk, and you know what you're getting into, right? No, nah, it's it's it, it's is. dope, man. I just I like I like the toughness. Like it can't be no other way, because I always felt like that. I always felt like in Chicago, we're gonna play basketball, we're gonna rap, we're gonna do all this, and. It's gonna be aggressive. It's gonna be some lines crossed. It might be a fight. It might be something that happens. But do you want it bad enough? I think that's Chicago. No matter how bad some shit get, it's like all Chicago kids like make a choice. Like, nah, but I still want that shit. We won't. It's not, it's some about us not backing down, and that's so crazy that you even bring that up. Like, I think about any type of entertainment. Like, yeah, if it's hooping, if it's comedy, if it's acting, if it. It's it's an aggressive. I used to always joke about that when I I see you play in D Wade yeah. and D Rose and how many times y'all would hit the ground. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Even when Zeke or run in, into a screen, hit run right into yeah, somebody. It's just, it's just it was just it's a rawness that comes with all of us. Patrick Beverly. <laughs> Patrick Beverly. Oh, you without lie. You know I'm a blast. Yeah, right, right. You know, I'm like, I'm the Will Bynum out there. Like, oh it's, man. It's, Will hey, shout thrill. out to Will. We'll shout out to Will, bro. Don't worry. Yeah, Don't worry. Shout we out to Will. to Will. We used thrill. to go to the Pro-Am every summer He'll and watch him score your head. 50 at you know, Will. NBA, y'all should have did better by him. Yeah. It's cool. We'll get yeah. to him in this podcast. Yeah, That's, one, right. of, that's one of my favorite high oh, that's school one basketball of our players. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. That never got what he was supposed to get, his respect and shit. That was my guy. How everybody loved Dwan Wagner. And they got all these guys that, 
That was my guy. Will the thrill. Will the thrill yeah. and still yeah. pass game. Yeah, I love that you dropped that name. I was gonna I was gonna ask you something because we're talking about highs, we're talking about out-of-body experience. You spoke on an interview saying that failure sort of navigated you and helped you as being like sort of a good thing, a positive in a way. Can you speak on it? You're constantly gonna lose as something. Like loss comes with stuff. That's just what it is. I think I I I, I had a sitcom on Fox, right? Yeah. And um you know, people walk up to me like, man, are you okay, man? They canceled your show. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to go shoot these two other movies. <laughs> <laughs> For more money. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's okay. It's right, okay. Right. Like, yeah. it's literally okay if it doesn't work out. Just keep yeah. creating and keep doing your thing. Like, it don't have to stop. Man. Yeah. I don't man. even have time to take in what's considered a failure. Right. That's I'm beautiful. moving on to the next. And I had so many ideas, like, why do I have to sit on this one? This ain't it. Well, speaking of those, I want to touch in on, like, what was your first, like, real acting role where you weren't necessarily, like, typecast or you weren't required to be funny or maybe you had to take it more seriously? Like, what role really made you think first? Well, get out was that. I mean, as much as, like, people Mm. like, use a comedic relief, but the only reason I was because the movie was so crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know I remember. I remember. So, so because I was just, and a lot of the stuff my character was saying was what the audience was thinking. Thinking. Real talk. You know, Real so it talk. wasn't like, it wasn't, one thing I loved about it wasn't silly. My, the humor came out of realness. And yeah. that's what I loved about it. I think when Jordan told me, I remember Jordan Field called me after his first edit, and he was like, all right, man, look, know your price, because you about to get all the offers after this. I'm like, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but it, it happened like that. I had to audition since get out. That's dope as hell. Damn. All offers only. Like I I, look, I was talking to one of my homies the other night, he's like, I had to put myself on tape today, man. You know how that is. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I see what it right, is. I ain't trying no more, man. Like they're right. They called me. JP that got me. me straight, nigga. Nah, sorry, brother. I just go have some lunch. Right. <laughs> that's enough yeah. for me, dog. <laughs> With that said, also, real, did you always want to like, you know, be on the big screen, like to act on, you know, big movies and big TV shows, or did you kind of want to stay low key and you know relevant, nah, so to speak? Eddie Murphy is who I looked up to, so. This thing about Eddie, Eddie for me created a monster where I thought if you did stand up that you had to act, you had to be a movie, you had to be a TV show. Mm-hmm. I thought because that's what he did. And then like what Keenan did and Robert Townsend, I thought because I saw them doing all that stuff, that's what you was supposed, to, you do. supposed to do that. Right. I didn't realize <laughs> you just only do one thing. So like, you know, it was it was a dream. It was, you know, I was telling somebody this one day. I'm like, dang, it's crazy how this started out just as a dream at first. Like, that's all it is. It's not realistic. It's literally just your brain. People have imagine no Imagine it. You just imagine it. It's they just imagine it. no clue at that. The, the you, don't know, you, you don't know how to do yeah. it. You don't know how to get to it. You just, it's that's just when literally it's a just a dream. And then the day, and I remember having a moment in quarantine where I was like watching TV. I had like commercials on and one of the movies. It was so much. I was like, damn, I'm going to hear a lot. I had a moment where like little kid me was like, oh shit, you made it inside mm. the screen. 
Yeah. You're actually in it. We're not picturing this no more. We're it's here. It. It's what yeah, it is. It's here. Cool. Shout out to that. Wow. And I feel like that for my friends too. Like not just for me. Like Tiffany Haddish is one of my one of my best friends. And I remember watching her. This is not even when it was on the screen yet. When she walked in, she, when she did Girls Trip and she walked into the auditorium with Queen Latifah and Jada Pickett. And Hannibal was with me too, Hannibal Burris. We worked to just support mm-hmm. her. And we were just blown away like, yo, she's about to be a superstar. Yeah. Like, it was just her just walking mm-hmm. in with them and yeah. holding her own. I'm like, yo, what are we witnessing? Right. <laughs> a moment. <laughs> is that is, when you see when you see stuff like that, like budding comics, and do do you get kind of uh, like anxious in a way where it's like, is this new competition, or is this somebody I'm gonna have to, you know? Nah, I don't feel like that at all. Actually, like I get, you know, it's funny. I get the opposite. So when I see something like that happening for my friends, like because I remember when I I wasn't in none of the movie <laughs> trailers or nothing yet. Right, a couple of the homies was. I'm seeing them in trailers, and I knew I was close. That's what that did for me. Even when Kanye went, went through the wire, came out the album, and they did the big show at the House of Blues, I was there with my CD. And, mm-hmm. But I was looking at him like, okay, if he here, I'll, I could definitely get here there, right? <laughs> so I would get excited about like getting that. Like, like now I look at like comics is like, look like Kevin Hart, man, he's like making over $100 million and things like that. It felt cool. All right, next right. year. That's my, mm-hmm. I need that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, sure. I, I see it. It's motivation. It's motivation. It's crazy because it. I, I don't know. I guess sports is just the other side of the, the shit. That's I'm what just, I'm thinking of it as, like motherfuckers, a competition thing. I, I, I be trying to like, I have a good vibe of like, everybody go get paid, that's cool and everything. Mm-hmm. But I got a very cutthroat thing about in yeah. basketball, it's like, especially when it's in your position, like you hear somebody got that bread, it's like, boy, I can't wait to see. When we play them, the seven, we play them on the 17th? He might, but that's, di- that's different though. But I'm saying, what if you have a, what if there's only one spot for a comedic relief? It's you and Tiff. It's you and Tiff. Hold on, hold on. It's you and Tiff. One, <laughs> one comedic relief on the show. There's only going to be one opportunity for this. See, I'm glad you, you said know? that. You're going to be happy as hell if she get it and you go home, you ain't going to be salty. But here we go. When you, we at the greatness point now, right? So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't compete with nobody. Everybody do whatever they're going to do. Oh, they either pick you or they don't. Now, in the beginning, it is that, right? Because, you know, when you do a show like Bill Bellamy's Who Got Jokes, that's a competition show. When, <laughs> so I, real, when I beat Leon Rogers on my episode, that was a big deal to me. And mm-hmm. that was a goal. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, when I was a younger comic, I wanted to outdo all of them. Uh, you saying I graduated from that? I graduated from that. Oh, my bad. He my wasn't bad even for trying to, that. My bad, my bad for trying to take that. you back into that. Yeah, I just tried to stop seeing it. <laughs> now, it's an evidence to it. Now, I am in a place now in my life where, like, you know. Let me know. If you want to start any type of, like, I'll get you on the stage with anybody to spar off with jokes, bro. <laughs> like, first no. one, slap my hand, I'm going to slap the other one, y'all fight. <laughs> But here we go. It's, it's bigger than that now. Like now, because I've done so much now, I don't have to keep putting myself below my hero. It's like, all right, what if you start doing what they did? Yeah. No, that's <laughs> you, you know what I'm like now for, for me, I am I am striving for the to, to start being talked about, being one of the best to ever do this. 
I think about that a lot. And so that's where I'm at. And I don't know if it's competitive. It's just, I just want to get on that, that next plateau with the rest of the cats I look up to. I wish I could, I wish I could, uh, Share that sentiment. That, yeah, that just that synergy that he got going on, that 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 peace in that. Like, yeah, man, I don't want no competition with you guys. That like, security. Because yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll drive you crazy. It's always nah, gonna be some that, young cat that's gonna be. I think it's keeping me sane. I think it's I think it's keeping me sane. I want the war. <laughs> I want the wars. I want them all. Man. Yeah, I want I want all the actors competing with me, bro. Compete <laughs> with me, bro. No, I mean, but if you I, don't compete with me, then I'm not gonna go as hard. Like I'm an athlete mindset, bro. I need you to try out fun. I'm about to start comedy. I'm gonna say that just so you feel threatened. You probably don't because you already mastered the stage. You already mastered. He like nigga, try, nigga. Get out of here. Ti is one of my homies, right? Ti. Oh no 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 no. And that's real. And he's doing comedy. And like I remember talking to him about, it, and I was wondering about all the other comedians. Care so much because I'm like, oh yeah, it's a threat. Like, but it's not though. It is. That's a very big name. It's and who cares? It's it's so many other things. This is what I'm telling you, and that's why I guess it sounds like I'm just being this very positive person. But it ain't that. I get it. Like I don't. I don't. <laughs> oh no, I get both sides too. I get both but, sides but I, of that. But I mean, I get it as far as like it's so many other things you can do. So even if that better go on stage, that don't mean he's a better writer than me. That don't mean he's better at developing than me. He's still gonna need me too. Mm-hmm. You know, look, comedy, look, Sammy Davis Jr., right? Used to do everything. It was a time the brother did stand up, he tap dance, he could yes. sing, he could act. You remember you tried to hot you had to do like six or seven things. Mm-hmm. Be on TV. Everybody had to do everything. Like, I don't care who you were. OJ Simpson was in movies. Doing all <laughs> like you had to do everything. Right, <laughs> Kareem was trying to be Right. Hey man, I just want y'all to know, man, that my tag was that I wasn't focused because I was trying to do a couple of things. They said but you weren't dancing with the stars. They right. said I wasn't focused though. People say it's an issue with my focus. I've never had an issue with my focus, bro. I just felt Talking I'm the same way the as you. Like I just felt like I'm supposed to compete at everything. Like it was probably it's y'all fucking fault. Nigga, him. Paka and Kasani. That's this they fucking fault. And dad and mom, it's y'all fault. Y'all was in the house with me. We competed in everything. Then I get out here in this world and they like pick one thing and focus on it and stay in school. I'm like, bro, cool. Was I'm that gonna a do God school voice? and then I'm bro, That was huh? God talking to you? Oh no, that was uh Took a thing, the focus man. on that was stay the in man. school. No, Who that's the, the man. That's the man that? with a shadow over me. He might never get it like this too. That's not the worst advice. I do believe if you pick the one thing that kicks off your purpose, it'll open the doors for whatever else. But that what that's not the issue though. The issue is you can't tell a kid that's working his ass off to play tennis. And he becomes the best tennis player. At some point, he's got to rest his tennis playing ass body, right? If now he picks up a video game, his drive ain't going to turn off. Now he got to become the best, even though that's his pastime. You know what I'm saying? Like, And people will say, you're putting too much time into that. You should be putting more time. It'd be like, nigga, y'all ain't finna keep doing that every time I get good at something. <laughs> whatever time, I, whatever the fuck I pick up to be interested in it, if I'm a kid, I'm interested, and we do 10,000 hours... I got to be good at it. <laughs> if I'm going to go back to 10,000 hours, bro, real talk. Once I uh, get well, good at something, like right now I'm picking up Call of Duty. I know I'm late to the party. You already Call of Duty? Are you on Call of Duty? Once you get a bunch of kids running around, you just, I don't know, video games becomes very easy. 
Don't look at smart. me. It becomes nah, a smart thing. Yeah, right. I clowned all of them for a while. They've yeah. been at kiss. But uh, yeah, now nah, I play Call of Duty, but it's like after two or three times getting killed and little kids get their little three seconds to get on the mic and they be like, yeah, killed your ass. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, who is on. this? And then they gone. And then I got to read whoever their name was. I be trying to add them little kids. So just in case I see your dumb ass again, that's for all the little kids. I really don't care nah, that's, <laughs> what your age is. Nah. Whoever killed me and keep on throwing nah, your little curse words, I hope your mama no hit one kids. day. I'm going to get good at that mm-hmm. game and y'all going to have to deal with me. I can't give you my gamer tag. I can't accept all the friends. Anyway. But you, might, you know what's crazy? You know, like even, even when people probably say your focus is off, like probably playing, when you did you did dancing with the stars. <laughs> it proved the fuck because that's a focus. Don, you know, you was fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Look, catch a human being, you threw up in the air. Right. But this the thing. This and, the, foot, and footwork. This is the thing and about that. That's what I was telling people. And people was like, people was like, gee, how you do that? I'm like, bro, literally, my whole life has been about footwork. Like, basketball is footwork. I'm and like, house music. Dancing, yeah, house music, footwork. Like, that's all what I'm used to. Like, you yeah, had to Nitro be good at much. that. Yeah, like, I don't know. So when it came time to do it, Danny, like, why are you always looking down? Because I'm like, you know, that's how I learn. You know, <laughs> whatever. But she was like, you would stare, and then you could do it. So she was like, I just started letting him do it. Like, let him stare and then play the music, and he could figure mm-hmm. it out. Because I was like, gee, it's, it's nothing but footwork. If I could remember what to do with my feet, after a while, I was calling them like dance. Like if the dance move looked like a basketball move, I would tell her what it is. Like okay, one and two and euro step and slide. Uh, finish. Like, and that's how I would remember. Like now I'm doing bad. That's how I would remember dancing with the stars, man. Like, but that's not that hard. That's, that's considered focus. I think you know what's crazy. Every time somebody try to point out your weakness, they get exposed to what they thought was a weak thing, which wasn't yeah. true. That's what you thought. Yeah, you know what that's what's crazy. I'm like, gee, what's wrong with that? I feel like that's that's cool. Is it fair to say um, <laughs> mastering different crafts <laughs> helps you uh, on a head start to other ventures? Yeah, I think. I, I know you was getting ready to say that earlier when I was. Uh, no, talking. no, <laughs> but it it is that, and I think as you do this, you learn about more things. So, like, I want to direct now. I have my own production company, mm-hmm. like. As I said, oh, you just wait a minute. You were just you were just throwing that out there. Yeah, I'm. I'm like. Oh, okay. No, no. I just making sure if it's gonna be a drop, this, making this, a drop. You got to just threw that out yeah. there. Like drop. I want my own production coming. Like, does that mean that's coming? I've, got, I've, I've had it for a couple. I'm like. Oh, you got one. Oh, yeah. it's, <laughs> there, <laughs> it's there. It's there. It's there. Okay. It's your drop off. It is what it is. What's your production company called, man? I might need some shot. What's up? Ah, real thought. I got me and my kids on it. Oh shit, that's that's dope. But it's it's you know, but it's one of those things I saw, and I'm once I'm a nerd, and I love being a nerd because I'm constantly want to learn everything. Yeah. When I saw that Nas made like his daughter the executive producer on a couple of his albums, I thought that was brilliant. And I'm like, damn! So there are even deals I make with these specials. I went with HBO because they they let me give my kids uh, consultant producer credit, and uh-huh. I was arguing with the other places that wanted to give me a deal. They're like, I don't, I'm like, well, I don't want to do it yet. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's all those little things you learn, and but like watching like a Steven Spielberg documentary, which is one of my favorite documentaries, and just 
how focused this brother was with all these other great directors. They were all friends in the 70s. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And so that was like, very similar to what you went through too, huh? Man, it's the same thing with me. You know, I was just out of New York to support my boy Gerard Carmichael, who just hosted SNL. And we were all at dinner afterwards and just so proud of me and the cats I, I came up with. And like, damn, bro, we went from getting these little $10 diner meals, we get we get a real steak, huh? Right, real right. Media right. Well. <laughs> and y'all recognize it. I don't need need that. Y'all got for this shit. shit. Right, right. No, it ain't a dick uh, swing contest. You, uh, you touched on uh, being able to put on with your kids and, and put them in positions where they have producer credits. On this show, we, you know, both fathers, we love the dad yeah. talk. We love yeah. a, a, a good table dad talk. And um, an inclusion on the kids and your finances. Real like, talk. That's, that's um, amazing. How would you say being a father helped you with your career and just your work ethic, period? Has it driven you? Has it drawn any confusion at times of when to take a job? Like, what is it? I want the ins and outs of what it do to. Well, that's a great question, too. And I think the thing I love about this business, I mean, you know, you negotiate smart enough. Like, because I have my kids for the summer. So I'm divorced. Uh, so my babies come with me every summer. Yeah. And so what I started doing was letting the production, like, like this, when I did Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds, that was a dad set. Mm-hmm. He had his daughter's on set. Uh, yeah. Our director, Sean, had oh, his daughter okay. in the movie. The kid, so the kids was just there chilling. They treated them really well. They let them be a part of things. They would give them scripts to read and had headsets. <laughs> and, and so it was just a beautiful set of dads. Man, I don't know if I ever did anything that had a, It was a literally a dad set. set. And, it, <laughs> and it was like all this stuff around. So the kids got a chance to see all these cool mm. cars and all these different. Uh, and I great. love that too. I love them seeing me work. And it, it actually made me respect Ryan Reynolds and Sean Lee even more, man. Like I respect the fact they wasn't annoyed when I say, hey, I have my kids for the summers and that's important to me and they're going to be here. This is what I need. And nobody had a problem with that. They was probably like, perfect. They yeah, going, yeah, let the more. kids raise themselves. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, I, my wife, my wife, my wife taught me how to appreciate that. Like, Everybody bring your kids. Like my wife be like, yeah, they she got she be like if I say, oh yeah, my boy, we probably gonna have him come by by the barbecue, whatever. She be like, yeah, he got kids. <laughs> like yeah, don't bring them. Like bring the kids. Mm-hmm. Let the, all the kids go hang out, have a good time, go over there. That's the only time we could chill. Like run themselves. Yeah, ragged. they run themselves rampant. They be on the floor asleep by nine thirty ten. Yeah, what <laughs> time? Of- what time were they sleep on set? Most of the time, like, I, I would have my assistant, like, take them back if, they were, if we went too yeah. late. Uh, uh-huh. But for the most part, they're just chilling the trailer. But also, too, like, they're fascinated by this, so they will always be kind of... Engaged. Like, they die, they're very engaged. Like, my son has done a couple movies with me. Now. Where? Oh. What, what movies? So we did a movie. We, he was Uncle Drew. He played Little Me. Okay. And then um, he did he did my sitcom. He did the Carmichael mm-hmm. show. He, he did a... Oh, he active. Yeah, he's he an actor. There. Yeah, he he's an actor. My right, man, he's brother working. He not, yeah, my man. My right, man he not in. He not, he not in a couple movies right. with you. That man wow. acts. Yeah, that man. He, he's in he his Disney cartoon. We both that comes out in a couple months that I started. He's in there too, and he he killed those. Man, three. what's the man's name, man? Give me his name. Judah Howry, Mr. Judah. Judah Howry. He's really funny. He's 
insanely professional. He's way more professional than me. Like, it was at a point. Oh. I mean, we were like what? five minutes late on set. He's what? like, Dad, we're going to be late. Huh? But it's my show. Like, he was so I love mad it, about though. it. No, and you got, but you got to respect that's it. That's him. Yeah. No, I, res- I respect. I love that about him. And like, and that's what I'm saying. Like they never like, change. But that makes me happy too. A lot of times when I look offset and I see them sitting in their chairs and they're just smiling at me, that just mm-hmm. it's a boost of energy. Oh man, yeah, that's beautiful. That's Do beautiful. Do you think, uh, like, I'm hearing you talk about your success and being able to include your kids? Like, do you think that fame and that, you know, like. Like, do you think that changes things or like changes the perception of uh, how you want to be looked at, like as an actor? It can. I mean, look, I, like, you know, all this stuff comes with a lot. And so the best thing you can do is figure out what your bubble is. Right. And then you talking about like I'm divorced. Mm-hmm. You know, I got three kids, two with my ex-wife, one with Harlem's mom. <laughs> and it's just make I had to create my own world with them and make sure communication is great. And that yeah. comes with maturity because you'll get a lot of outside resources, especially if you're in a public eye. But I think I've done a good job of just us really focusing on the children. Yeah. And so I care more about their experience with it, right? I always ask them how they feel about things or, you know, Brittany and Judah is kind of used to everything just because mm-hmm. they've experienced everything since day one with me. But um, for the most part, they look really happy. They like, they always, they still get excited when they see people like, oh, that's and I bring them to comedians and all that stuff. They they they're used to it in a way, but I, I I'm always fascinated about what it looks like to them mm-hmm. yeah. because they're grown up in it. It's a little different. I, you know, we had to work to get where we are. So for the first whatever years before you get fame and money, mm-hmm. everything hey, is pretty listen. normal. Right, <laughs> daughter, right, right. My right. daughter, it's, my it's daughter different. look at a movie set like, oh, I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> me, and, me and my wife show up to summer. My wife got to show up, be on set to get her nails done. Junie expects y'all to know already, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, mom, why you just got that? Like, I don't get a robe. Who like she'll say head? that. Yeah, like bro, what do you mean? Like, well, I don't yeah. get a robe. I'm Junie. Like, I put my chair, I have my name on it. Like, that's how she be looking at it. Like, I'm like, the where, star. Where's my chair? Real talk. Right, like, right. I'm the star. But she's already like, if they tell tell uh, my wife her character, she wanna learn the character, start doing her little versions and impressions of it. I'm like, sooner or later, like T really gonna start stealing sauce from her. Like sooner or later, it's gonna start getting it's start, it's gonna start getting good. But I've I've dealt with that already. Bringing Junie, she saw my little trailer right away. She like, mommy's mommy's trailer is bigger than this. <laughs> like, <laughs> we came on the set. I'm like, yeah, daddy got to earn his stripes, Clown. you know. Right. And we go in, we go in the arena. I got some stripes, baby. Judy. We come in. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Junie. Yeah, I got to start from the bottom yeah, floor, you man. Got to start from the bottom floor. Judy, like, yeah, mommy trailer way bigger than this. Like, what is this? She looking like that. That's hilarious. They got to get you another trailer. I'm like, bro, what your mama got going on, man? <laughs> you only got one bathroom, Daddy? Bro, right. for real. Right. And they got, you know, they got the cleanup. They got the cleaning supplies in my, in my shower. They got all the cleaning supplies sitting in there. It they looked like a janitor room, right. huh? Yeah, man, that's, that's just a, a that's, storage that's room, that man. That's a storage room. What you okay. mean? But as long as you don't bother me, dog, that's cool with me. You can, you can put me in a closet space. I don't mind being <laughs> in the janitor's closet. That's cool. I'm what I'm going to say, too, I'm fascinated by how, like, cool my kid is 
like, you know, they've only flown first, first class before and all this other stuff, but they're not like braggy or nothing. Oh, I'm okay. actually shocked about that because this thing about I grew up in the hood, so like you'd have been like, bragging. I've been shitting on y'all last. <laughs> Fuck y'all! I'm taking first class. I was eating nuts. Your dog I was doing broke all ass. types of shit y'all ain't never seen. I'd have been talking hot towels. Oh, my mama, what type of shoes y'all got yeah. on, man? They're so nice. Like, I think one time my son was telling me that kid was just talking crazy to him. And I'm like, you ain't bragging about none of the shit we did. <laughs> <laughs> right. Stunt on his ass. You're a good person, man. <laughs> he gonna, God's going to bless you, boy. Oh, no. He got a job. Well, you was anointed, ain't yeah, you? That's what he had, no, he ain't had time for the banner because he had a job. He had shit to Oh, yeah. I forgot. He on he time. Works. He ain't got, yeah. yeah, dude was wasting his yeah. time, bro. You forgot. He hiring yeah. and firing, motherfuckers. You, you, got, you, got, you, got, you got your own money, fam. Right. That's the. He that's military. Why he, he'll, he'll handle that at that's $1,700. <laughs> Yeah, the problems were nothing to him. He don't even see it. He don't even hear it. Uh, speaking of uh, your kids being so down to earth, as you navigate, as you keep on climbing, how do you keep your ego in check? You know, honestly, it's it's truly don't. I don't go away from how much I actually love this business. Like mm. it's still literally a dream come true. And I think as long as you still keep those moments. Ego doesn't mean anything because, you know, anything can be taken away from you at any time, you know? I, I Honestly, I'm having so much fun doing this shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> right, you know, it, right. it, you seem I, like it. Because, you look, I'm in this, I went to Perry High School and from out west. It's so many kids. And I had to really sit down with this one day. I ain't gonna lie. I it was like, basket. damn, it was so many, there's so many niggas that, that they're just gone. Right. They, they never got a chance to even do anything. See anything happen. Yeah. And you know, it's crazy being from the crib. Some stuff, I was, I normalized a lot of things. Yes. So I started going to therapy and I'm like, yes. oh, that shit wasn't normal. That shit is not cool. <laughs> that right. shit is not cool. Like, right. I wasn't supposed cool. to lose classmates every year since I've been 10. Dang. If that's all you know, you didn't even think that was a. That's like, not I, I trauma. Yeah. It's not trauma no more. And yeah, it's like, wait a minute, no I, had, I had rest in peace at. Oh, in all your yearbooks? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> say, yeah. No, yeah, for sure, no. though. For sure, though. It wasn't Real that. talk. Then they you know, to, like, you know yeah, them, and nah, you know them. Like, you got personal relationships. They were, they were rough everybody. in particular, because they had, I think Crane was the first one with the clear book bags. Like, you all were, you all were Wait, y'all had the clear book bags? Oh, yeah. We didn't have it. We didn't have, I graduated in 98. So it was oh, okay. getting to that. Okay, I'm yeah. old. Yeah. And so, like, the 90s had this very... Very raw gangbanging period mm-hmm. that was on fucking ten, right? Yeah. And that's when, like, you think about from like ninety two to like ninety eight, something like that. You know, the nineties dope dealers was at the top of their shit. I was gonna say the cracker. It was, yeah. it was the schools was it was real gangbanging, and they'll close the school, put all of us in one school together. So now you got to deal with all that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it was a real thing, and I once again I think I normalized it because I had to survive the shit, so I couldn't look at it like this is right. troubling. This this was my reality. <laughs> said, this is troubling. <laughs> You're just trying to figure out how to how to go. Not only is it scary as fuck, it's like, like it's troubling. It's just reality. Yeah, this, right. these niggas about the fucking these vice lords and these GDs in this lunchroom <laughs> about to send this motherfucker mm-hmm. up, <laughs> and if there's nothing you can do about it. Right, right. Did you ever when you was doing your comedy has that ever dwindled in have you ever just gotten to a point where it's like damn bro i didn't mean to go on stage 
and get into gang shit. But this shit is just, I got to find the humor in how scary it is right now. I had a funny bit I used to do about being a secretary of the vice lord. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you got to include all that shit, right? It's been like, I, it was always, it's all open to me. It's all, this is character that can I look that up? Places. Can I look that up? Yeah, you probably can. This is one of the things I did. I did so much shit. But yeah, I was like, yeah, I should take all the minutes at the meeting. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> well, but that's based off real shit. Like, it's, right. it's, it's bits I do about, you know, when I, when I used to live in this apartment building, you got a bunch of niggas standing in front of the building waiting on somebody with a key. And so you walk in, they all come in with you and shit. Real you got to find all these niggas that you don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> what? I, it's so, you can't help them because that's just what Chicago is. Yeah. These bits are like classic mm-hmm. jokes to people. Real talk. And I'm like, shit, that's from a real, you know, being right, on the bus. That really the happen. The high school kids get on the bus and roast you and shit. And you got to oh, act like you don't hear that shit. <laughs> And that's why I said it's hard to do comedy there because we want it all. You got to touch on everything. You got to go there with us and you got to make us feel like you'll go anywhere with us with that. Like that mm-hmm. mentality. Like I want to feel like. It definitely resonates in this comedy. And, yeah. 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 Like in, especially Chicago in made, they made me. They made me feel like a star first. So doing all these tough rules in Chicago, by the time I got to LA, it's everybody wanted to ride was so fucking confident. Is that when you think you were like received by the industry, like right after Chicago? I, well, around the same time, because I was still in Chicago when I was doing like Comic View and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And so the respect started getting there. And then when I started doing the festivals and all those things, you know, it wasn't until like, I never saw it, but I got casted on the Living Color reboot, mm-hmm. handpicked by Keenan, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and that's what hot, I'm going to tell you, that's the one time I ever felt like a, uh, 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 a rising star NBA player. Because when I was doing the Living Color, this was before I had an agent, literally I would leave set, go to my hotel, the lobby be full of agents trying mm. to take me to dinner, trying to sign me and shit. Sure. Because Keenan Ivory Wayne's picked me for this Living Color shit. That didn't even air yet. But they knew if he picked somebody, there's gotta be something you, to you it. Gotta be some, you yeah. gotta be some shit. Yeah. And so it was fucking, I had a lot of free meals. <laughs> Took advantage. He took advantage. He took advantage. He's like, yeah. You should have took some. You didn't take no gifts you wasn't supposed to take? No. I probably no. could have. I'm a fucking comic. What the fuck ain't no yeah, scientist no. for this shit? <laughs> shit, that's what I said. You didn't take that? the NCAA. So shit. he did. That means yes. Yeah, yeah he's like, yeah, yes. I did. Yeah, yeah I did, man. I took shit. that watch. Yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> I took a watch or two, man. I had a Hublot. Didn't know what the fuck it was. Ended up finding out later on the shit was fake. But they gave me a Hublot. No, thank you. Yeah, no, now that I think you. about it, I had a Hublot from a, uh, some dude that did uh, taxes. That's horrible. That's a really bad story. And really, <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I'm that's... trying to comfort that, but there's hey, no good you, ending. Nigga, I hate that's, you, a, bro. that's really bad. Whatever, man. Beat the video. You know what really, it is, really though? Bad. It's the that's Spanish really and the Spanish and English. You don't have it. Like, you didn't have it. It always. So random, from, so, so random nigga from H and R Block. There you go. Right, he did taxes. <laughs> like, come on, come on, a Hublot? Come on, oh, man. Come on. Hey, listen, man. I get it that you oh, have no. Spanish. No, uh, no. Race has West nothing kids. to do here. That's, you have no. Spanish out West no. kids. Y'all don't know nothing about Hublot, but I thought it was something. 
It turned out well, it was a fake. The only reason either. I knew, the only reason either. I knew is because I ended up taking it to Hublot trying to switch the band. Ah, they took the watch, had, had it for nah, a day, called me nah, back the next day, told nah. me to pick that watch up because they did not make that watch. <laughs> Hey, who are the male mentors for you in the business? I know you said Eddie Murphy was like your guy. Well, that's, like, that's somebody I look up to, but like mentor, uh, it's been quite a few of them too. Well, D-Ray was a mentor definitely and my big brother, Dion Cole. Um, that's so many people I got to show love to. My first manager, Knowledge Beck, that was out there. He went to the trenches with me. Solid. Uh, Mary Lindsay, who owned Just Notes Comedy Club. Said the entertainer, mm, Bill Bellamy. Yeah, said, you know what's crazy? Said, I used to open for said, he kicked me off his tour. <laughs> Why? He said, well, you're not an opener. Oh, shit. What? I was like, what? I was like, I need the money. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. It's a job. Right. <laughs> but he said, no, man. No, dog. You won't be bigger than that. You got to start kind of walking towards that now. Oh, uh, he basically was like, you going to get stuck. you going to get stuck here. But he kept, and I didn't, I wasn't even offended by it. I, I mean, at first it was like, damn, but then I'm like, I understand. And then when I got Carmichael's show, that was my first sitcom. I've never done one before. And at the time, he still had Soul Man. And he had me come on the Soul Man set just to watch how run-throughs mm. happen with multi-cam. So Sid has always been this cool, like, dude that has always been nice to me. And I, every time he told me anything, I would write that shit down. Like, I would have a pad sometimes I sit down with him. So I was like, okay, I need to note this. this oh, shit. I can put this yeah. in my contract. Oh, I can save it. And because he'll give me all these fucking notes and shit. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Uh, Bill Bellamy, you know, great mentor of mine. Sinbad played my dad on my show. Man, that was such a blessing, man. Cause I learned a lot from Sinbad, man. Um, and and like I'm really, I'm really lucky, man, as far as being able to like have connections with people I never thought I would meet. Right. And like Keenan Ivy Wayans is my hero. I I irritated that dude to the point. We, like, he would eat lunch by himself, and I didn't give a fuck, so I would eat lunch with him. He's like, dude, you, oh, you don't want to sit nowhere else? I'm like, nope. <laughs> I didn't have any meat. Yeah. <laughs> right, make him uncomfortable. <laughs> I got away. And then so right. he started telling me these stories every day that was so fucking funny and insightful and shit like that. So, yeah. like, I've been lucky, man, to have some really dope OG really, truly look out for. And there's still people I look up to now. I like somebody like Ryan Reynolds now. It's somebody I have so much respect for and learned a lot about starring in a, starring in a film and how you mm-hmm. carry yourself and things like that. So, yeah. But I'm always looking for, to learn, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's definitely important, especially in like the way you work and where you're trying to attach yourself to a bunch of different avenues and bring along other people. Like, that's important to, you know, like be insightful and I keep, like when you talk about that, it makes me like, you know, it gives me a grounding feeling. Like you're not expecting way too much out of yourself. Like it's like a paced success. I got progress. a great, I got a great pace I go with. Even though I'm I'm actually I'm a really busy person, but I don't force that shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna force busy. And I know how to make time for myself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I still like, you know, if I need time to do something, I don't care if it's karaoke. Like <laughs> I'm gonna do something fun for myself right. that's outside of just Work. Just the business, the work. I think people overwork themselves because if they're not working, they don't feel fulfilled. But I think that's fucking insane. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. Outside of yeah. outside of your kids, do you mentor anybody? Man, a gang of people, man. 
Uh, and I'm proud of a lot of the cats. Like one of my homies, uh, name is T. Murph. He's on the show Woke. That's on Hulu. Yeah. And just seeing him on his television series and like almost arguing with him about how I thought he was a really good actor. Like now I'm acting. Bro, you acting on stage every time I fucking see you. You're an mm. actor. And so to see him killing it on film now, it's like, yeah. I told you. Uh, right, my boy right. Dave Hellum, who's a great writer. I can name a gang of people because I still constantly mentor. Because that's, yeah. that's kind of who I am. Like, I'm, yeah. I, I come you seem from like it. Yeah, I can't help that shit. You know Off what I'm saying? Like, game. Man, that's, I love doing that shit. It seemed like comedy groups, period. Like, it's like what he's saying. Like, it's like a kind of like a fraternity type. Cause they kind of want to protect the brand. Care of each other, yeah. yeah. When they look out for each other, they live. Like we each all other. the funny motherfuckers over here. Like yeah. we can't have y'all yeah. really? on the stage, well, funny might, motherfuckers. It is, it is competitive though. That's the thing about. I may not want to compete, but that don't mean everybody else ain't mm-hmm. going. Oh no, mm-hmm. I know it's some kick ass comics out there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, is it like that in the back room? I always like y'all like roast each other in the green room. Is that what but, it is? Y'all just roasting each other. It was roasting sessions outside. But it also, everybody <laughs> wanted to outdo the motherfucker. Like, if you was from out of town, you would have thought we hated other comics. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. they'd be like, why the fuck these motherfuckers? Trying <laughs> <laughs> to, to kill so hard before I go up. Real talk. What the fuck are they doing that for? Why oh, my mama. I'm hand out. Why these niggas trying to destroy the room before I get up there? Niggas but that's, that's how we, we didn't have no fucking way to take our foot off right. the pedal. It's like, yo, yeah. I It's the funniest side of y'all yeah, life. It's going to be the funniest yeah, night of their life style. there. That's their style. Yo, we like to ask all our guests. The question. Yeah, the question. Just realizing that Sammy Sosa came up with the question. That's not. Don't, don't. <laughs> just don't, <laughs> don't laugh. Not funny. My Dominican brother. Just ask uh, the question. Please, just you ask. You can't throw Sammy on everybody. No exactly, man. Like, no, no, like, not that Sammy. I'm talking about you. two skips, Sammy. Don't no. do that. Y'all know that Sammy. I'm talking about flip the bat. Two we skips, know, Sammy. With the cell phone. Don't the do me like two skips, Sammy. I can't remember that. You remember two skips, Sammy. You remember two skip. You remember two skip. His 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 face had the red in it, just like Ari said. I only oh, see Michael Jackson, Sammy now. No, but we, we like to ask everybody, what are you working on in the present? Because we always like, we always think about it, like what we need to do and trying to fix the past or learn from the past. In your present right now, what are you working on to improve? Um, well, you know, some, if we, if we're working on to improve myself, we start with that. Yeah, I yeah. think therapy has been the biggest blessing that I've ever <sighs> had. That's crazy. And, you know, I suggest, especially my brothers, like, oh, fam, don't talk to somebody. And so it don't mean that you, no, fam, please. It's been the, <laughs> it's been the, it's been the greatest thing. Yeah. It has, and let me tell you what I knew. I, I, this is the truth. So I don't know if I've even told this story on anything, but uh, I was in a height of so, so really successful shit happened. It was the movies was doing good and all this other shit. And I had all this stuff going on. And I was sitting on my stairs in my house, or just both, crying hysterically and Good didn't God. know why. And my assistant showed up to the house because I was running late. I was supposed to be on set. They're like, why are you running late? She saw me just crying. And we talked about me going to therapy before. And I was like, mm-hmm. but I was like, I didn't know why I was crying. And I ain't never, they ain't never happened to me before. Yeah. And that first therapy session was so... 
mind blowing. I think I drove around for like an hour and a half after I left her off. Mm. Cause I was like, yo, I ain't never talked about that shit. I didn't know yeah. was something I needed to talk about. Man, yeah. I remember my first time going to therapy, I did the same shit where I was like, damn, that was in there? I they must have realized had I had breathing that memory. exercises and stuff. Yeah. And it, it's, been the, it's been the most beautiful thing. I look at me and her were just talking about this. I remember her asking me, and I can say this to you, and this is some real shit. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of what I was going through had something to do with me not really mourning properly my mom's death right. and just moving the fuck on like we always do. Of course. And so she asked me, she's like, do you feel like the wrong parent died? Because my dad is still and they both married. I love him the same. And I'm like, I remember snapping. I'm like, what the fuck you say to me? It's like, do you feel like the wrong parent died? What? And I had to answer that shit. And it was a yes. And it wasn't that I hated my father or anything. It's that most natural for boys, you're closer to your mother. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the biggest thing I was going through was the person I really wanted to take care of that was insanely supportive wasn't here. Mm. And, and my dad was very it. supportive, but he kind of talked shit about it early. Like, okay, we'll see and all that shit. And so, like, it's like, damn, so I'm taking care of the person that wasn't as supportive as mama was. My, mama, mama gave me money for comic view. Mama did this, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, she invested into this. Right, yeah. right. You know, it was tough. And then, you know what's crazy? I ended up appreciating my father more because I had to understand the way he thought was just his own negativity of what he couldn't do and kind of put, put that on me, but he still was provided and he was there. So I went from like being angry for a little bit and thinking about those <laughs> moments to really appreciate him. And, and my grown-up self had to humanize him. Yeah. Like sometimes we still, we still sit on our kid emotions with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You're like, nigga, you grown yeah. now. You got that same... Like stand Reaction. up for your stand up for little you. Yeah. Stand up for little you. You know for what I'm real. saying? And so yeah, when you that's... get to that point, man, we just we dive into so many things and therapy has just been fucking beautiful. Man. I love it. I go every fucking Tuesday. <laughs> if it's on Zoom, if it's there, yeah. every Tuesday I'm talking to you. That's so, amazing. That's amazing. That's Thank great. you so much for sharing that, Shemina man. I appreciate Johnson. that. Yeah, Shamina Johnson. I'll never forget that name. That is the most comforting name ever. Like, to, if I read that on a piece of paper, no bullshit, That's I what would happened. think That's that what is happened. the, I could tell her anything. That's what happened. She, she, let me get back. She does have a calm and delivery, right? Like, I like. No, I'm just talking about strictly her name <laughs> and what it, it's, in, it's a very inviting name. I'm saying it goes, it goes with it. Like literally, sometimes I say some shit to her and she'll stop. Even if she's checking me, it don't yeah. sound bad. She go, you know, you know what kills me, right? I love you. you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's her. I do it. I do it. And if she hits you with a, and if she hits you with a, I'm disappointed. You hurt. You know, something like, like when she looks away from me. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, right, right. You know something, Ralph. Um, <laughs> this kills me. Oh, you know that. Damn. Yeah, yeah. What? That sounds like an auntie. Yeah, that like an auntie. You know damn well. You know better. Word. <laughs> hey, we got this. Uh, this cool part of the show, man. We do. Um, every time we give the floor to the fans. The fans always have these like burning questions that they yeah. ask on Twitter, but we don't fucking respond to the shit. So we gonna go ahead and give a fan 
they chance to ask their burning question. Big brother, hit me. Big Vance with two eyes. It is, I've been pursuing my passion with the hopes of turning it into a full-time career. In the beginning, things were going well, but as of late, I've been feeling burnt out and doubting if this is the right career for me. Have you ever had a moment in your career or have you ever overcome something like that in your career where you've had to doubt yourself? No, have you ever? I get the question, though. I, yeah, I yeah. actually get it. I get yeah. it. Work on your tweet, Big Vince. Come I on, can't G. scroll down. But what? you can tell it's probably emotional. That's why like, I like typing it too fast. But I, I get where he's <laughs> going with it. Because, you know, so I think you're going to have, a, no, I think I you're going to have several down. moments where you feel burnt out, especially for new experience. Yeah. So it's been a couple of times in the beginning where I was like, I'll never forget when, uh, when Bad Boys of Comedy first came out, when Diddy was doing Bad Boys of Comedy, the first season. And I didn't get picked. And I couldn't believe I wasn't picked. I thought I was the funniest dude in Chicago. They picked mm. all these other comics in Chicago. I was just, I remember showing up to the comedy club and that's when Diddy used to get everybody Sean John. So all these niggas got their Sean John jacket suits on, they didn't got, and they all bragging and shit. <laughs> Velour I'm suits. Like, I'm like losing my fucking mind. Like it felt like the twilight though. I had to like leave the club. And I remember just almost yelling at God that night, like, why the fuck am I doing this? I'm funnier than the rest of these people. How they get picked over me? I'm doing this shit the right way. I work out every night. I had this moment where I just was like, just yelling. And then I was so mad, I went to sleep. But when I went to sleep, I mean, this is just real talk. It felt calming. Almost like God let me vent and gave me a hug. <laughs> and I woke up the next morning True story with like two huge emails from a festival that I didn't even submit for because I'm like, I had the money the year to do it. And they, they picked me anyway as a new face. And then this whole other thing to do with NBC. That's fire. And it was, it was so almost eerie in a dope way. Where I'm like, Is should I just sign? make that happen? Yeah. Should, I, should I yell at God all the time? <laughs> but you know what it is? Look, he like, nah, I ain't going to do that. Nigga. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. Maybe so. You know, if, if you, if like people, people put God in a corny place, but if God is God, I'm like, how God gonna get irritated about me complaining? Not at all. Not at you know all. I mean, it's just what it is, right? I used to do that. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm your human. father. That's what it is. I'm human. <laughs> and so, like, I think if you acknowledge when you're hurt and burnt out, and sometimes I allow, just say what it is, then you can calm the fuck down. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, let me acknowledge it. Articulate. It's, it's, it's going to happen. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. even with the movie I'm doing now, it's been moments, and this is the biggest budget of movie I've, I've worked on so far, but it's been some crazy moments. And I've had to, like, calm myself down, say what I say, let it out, and then chill, you know? And mm -hmm. so, like, you know, it's, it's your passion. It's going to burn you out sometimes, but don't quit. Mm -hmm. But acknowledge that it is. It's okay to step back for a second. Mm -hmm. I've had my uh my run in, I'd say it wasn't pressure of the actual job. I think it was I wasn't my whole drive of becoming rich was I need to do this because there's so many people that need so many things and I, it's going to help me to help everybody and do all this shit. And I got to the point where I'm like, 
I'll never forget one one time I had I had like budgeted. I was trying to budget myself a certain amount of money for the month to do whatever the fuck I wanted to do. And like two weeks into it, I had burned it by trying to help so many people because everybody needed something at the moment and everybody was like hitting me with these like long ass texts like, I don't want to ask you. This is the last thing I want to have to do. Bro, I'm not counting your pockets. You know it's not like that. It was just all these excuses, but it was like, I started knowing so much. I, I took a step back and I'm like, why do I know all these things about people? Like, I know your dirt. I know when you, you know what I'm saying? You you gamble and it's, it's fucked up. Like you against the wall. I know when you owe somebody in the street and they looking for you. I know when, you know what I'm saying? You, you do, yeah, I, I was saying. like, I don't want this, bro. I didn't ask for this. Like, I just wanted to 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 make enough so my mama could have the house that she always looking at HGTV. She wanted the fucking house. My dad wanted the old school. I'm like, me and my brother, shit. I always just wanted sort of like a Ninja Turtle cave for us. Like, nigga, I don't really want much. I'm like, but y'all tripping. Like, I shouldn't know this much about y'all. I shouldn't even know that. Like, my whole life, I looked up to you, and now you're asking me for money. Like, it was weird. Like, I had this moment where I was just like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if age ever mattered. Like, age went out the window to me because I'm like, money is the only thing that matters to people. Like, it ain't even age no more. Like, nobody's even thinking about this. Like, yo, this dude is 26. He don't know shit from shit. If I, I remember asking my dad one day about, like, what I should do about some money. He was like, I ain't never had that amount. I, don't, I can't really give you no advice, son. <laughs> like, but he, like, sort of laughed it off. But he was being real. Like, my nigga, I don't know. Like... <laughs> Man, he don't want to steer you wrong. Yeah, he like, gee, I don't know. I might have made a hiccup by now. He like, you've been doing pretty good mm-hmm. with your decisions. Like, whatever you learned and whatever you feel in your heart, do it. But he like, I can't, I, you know what I'm saying? You done went further than I went. You know what I'm saying? So he like, you got to sort of just navigate through this. I'm going to support you in whatever you do. But he was just like, I, I don't have the answers for you like I have for you when you was in my pocket at 13. You know, at 13, if I came to my pop with that frustration, he had me. But it was like, even in that moment, I'm like, damn, now hyperventilating. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, what am I doing this for, bro? What am I going to work for? I feel like my whole check, I'm watching, I'm I'm over here working, going to workouts, waking up from surgery by myself, and I come home to a house full of motherfuckers enjoying what I just worked for. And I'm like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. You know what I'm saying? I just had this moment where I was just like, yo, like I was bugged the fuck out. So if that was any, if there was any, ever a breakdown, I, I believe I called you a during break that breakdown. Yeah. I remember I was yeah. just like tweaking. I'm like, bro, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I don't, like, I don't know what I'm like. Am I doing this? Like, is this about loving basketball anymore? Like, nah, nah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, is this about me really putting this ball in the hoop anymore, dog? I'm tweaking like. And I had this moment and I had to like bring it back to myself like and really focus like, nah, that championship feeling is what you wanted. Like, you know, you start really reeling yourself back in. Like you said, you had that that deep breath. You wake up in the morning and you start feeling a little better. But I think that was the first time that I had ever like- Is like acceptance? Like you just- I just accepted that. I finally accepted that people are going to be who they're going to be. They're going to live their life and I can't judge it. Like, and I could say no, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I could say no without not, like me saying no was no longer because like, I felt like you're going to be mad at me. I was saying no, cause it's like, bro, at some point I'm going to stop working. You got to figure it out or you really going to die out here, bro. Mm-hmm. 
Like, if I do this for y'all for too long, like... After a certain point, it's Yeah, not, it's like no after three times of being your safety net, G, I got to kind of let you know what it feel like to have back mm-hmm. against concrete. Like, you got you to gotta hit the floor. Like, G, I had to hit the floor. Like, I definitely didn't have no safety net. <laughs> Yo ass didn't either. <laughs> when you learn to say no, I think, honestly, too, that's one of the blessings of me, like, gaining the height of my success, grown as fuck. Mm-hmm. Because by the time, you know, they could get a couple million, you like, fuck yeah, no. Like, you know, yeah. like, I, like, right. I, I, I don't have to. I like, I, you and the dope, what have you been doing before I got this shit? <laughs> real talk. <laughs> right. Real for talk. Real, it's like, real. if I didn't get nah, this, if real. I didn't get this, what that's you was going to be on? What would you be doing? And what you be like, fam? Like, yeah, they, cause they're a lot of you, like, you my last option. No, I'm not. I'm actually the first call. <laughs> right, right. I'm right. actually the first right. call, but it's, it's just, cool. That's, like, that's called I just, a buffer. I think, yeah, I think I got better with like when people stopped lying. I think people got to the point where they could just ask me straight up. Until, like, I'd rather you say, hey, man, can you just buy me this car? Rather than be like, yo, I could get you the money back. Once you do that, now it's fucking up my, your character trait with me. Like Now I look at you like your character sucks, bro. Because that would drive me insane that somebody mm-hmm. bought me a car and I never paid my debt. I couldn't pay the debt on time. Like, And so I be doing that where I'm like, nah, I'm going to give you credit. Like, yeah, I'm going to give him a credit. Let's see if he pay it back. This man here be like, bro, do not send me. I just told you not to send that person that money. I just told you not to do it. And I do it because it's like, now it's just like I just realized I'm going to give it to you and I'm going to rate your character trait because whatever it is, Unless you're in a position like me and you're asking me for money, whatever that money is, I'm sure that I've put myself in a position now where I could work to make that back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I'm looking at that comfort and saying, am I investing in this person or am I realizing that this person doesn't know how to get it on their own? So I would have to put them in a position where they can't lose. Because I've noticed. And that's and that's limited too, man. Mm-hmm. It is. People think you can snap your fingers. You can't. And and I give out opportunities. If you don't take advantage of it, I'm so not you, doing it again. It's like, no, nigga, I got you the audition. You ain't show the fuck up. Cool. You don't want to do this there. Don't call me no more. Real talk. Real talk. <laughs> no, real talk. Because you can't real. make somebody want the job. I can't make you want it. I can't hop in your body and do the work for you. Can't put the enthusiasm into it. Yeah, you got to want you gotta it, take, you gotta You take your brand and your name serious. And it's like, I'd rather keep my brand and my name to speak up for my babies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to waste it on you, nigga. <laughs> right. And so like, so, like, you know, with me, and that's why the people I do appreciate that have taken advantage of those opportunities and just been times 10, I'm always so happy for them. Like, man, you took that and ran with it. Yeah. Mm. I'm saying? And so, but I don't feel bad about any of that no more, man, because I'm like, nah, like, you know, because once again, you know, they hit you with once again you know way too many people business yeah people that help raise you you're like you don't drug real <laughs> real right. time you had a crack habit you ever had before we get off that topic uh i know me coming from the athletic space him being in the comedic space uh for you because i i don't be liking to say that but ari like i i had to beg this nigga to, to get off the nine to five uh, train. My nigga kept a job all the time, wanted to do jobs. 
I could bother him at work, be embarrassing him and shit. Like, <laughs> nigga don't like that. I used to work for Pace. Yeah, my nigga did Target, Pace. Like, he he always felt like he was finna keep a job. He ain't gonna leave this job till he got another job. Did you ever feel like, fuck this shit? Like, yeah, yeah. Probably at every job I <laughs> worked at. I was like, fuck it. Like, probably the, the worst though is probably uh, I worked for the Chicago Sports Service. That's the um, seat vendors for the Bears game back at yes, Soldier sir. Field. I remember that. I remember that. It was back in like 2006. Yeah, but I remember when you I did got it for like tickets. two. Yeah, I did it for like two summers. And then I was just like, yo, fuck this. Yo, I forgot. That's where yeah, the tickets I, came from. Yeah, we used to just get a discount, but they were some bullshit tickets. Yeah, we were, bullshit we or not, nigga. I didn't know nothing but yeah, the, we the Chief Seats. No way, shit. And it was so cold. It was but, cold as fuck. But yeah, like the way I overcame it was by quitting and fuck. throwing my name tag down and doing the whole, you know, walk off thing. Oh, you did? Thing. That was your first? Yeah. That was your first yeah, yeah, I was. I did he the whole did fuck this shit. He got it off. Yeah, we never but, got to do but, it. But I'm not proud of it just because, you know, it's not. Like to me now, it looks childish. No, be proud like, of it, you know, dog. That shit was like a movie, whatever. When I, I shoot a documentary, like, on it, you gonna be proud of it. A documentary on my not a documentary. Uh, uh I'm gonna shoot a biography on your life. It's hard being Dominican in a house full of. It's oh cool. no! Oh no! It's cool. Oh no! <laughs> well, we apologize. We apologize. For hey, real, parents. it's an ongoing thing. I get it. We got the same parents, but. If you could look at this man and tell me this man don't look like the only mixed one. Ain't no way you gonna group. try to get him to come on here and roast me. No, nah, no, nah, he funny as hell. I'm just nah, saying. Don't I'm gonna give him a picture. I'm gonna give you a picture of our family pay you. one day. I'm not, and- I'm not participating in that. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Because you're gonna get his ass whooped. <laughs> and then me and you gonna have lock to split lock whatever he gave you. Lock it up. I have no investment into into doing it. Okay, cool. Cool. I appreciate that. The kids either like don't have them signed back end contracts and all that. Like, nah, I don't want that. I don't want a CP3 situation, no state farm jokes, none of that shit. <laughs> I forgot you got over there, man. Let's just get right, to that, man. Right. Quiet assassin over here, man. You just be laughing it off quietly, man. Put me in a commercial no, with you, dog. I, nah, he, he needs need money. And all that. He needs money. He needs money. Man, I appreciate you joining us, dog. I don't want to hold you too long, yeah. bro. Don't worry. In post, I'm going to get it to where they could press a button. <sighs> hey, before we go, my Anything dog, you want to promote? An unbelievable guest. Anything you want to promote? I know you like to keep it cool with your modest ass. Modest <laughs> no, ass. It ain't that. It's, just, I, it's a few things coming out. I got a... Look, here it go. Here it go. Animation movie coming out in August okay. called Luck. Yeah, I did Whoopi Goldberg, and then um. Boy, don't you ever casually throw Whoopi Goldberg out there? Like, yeah, yeah, I did. That. I can Whoopi do, the homie. That's I funny. can, I can do with the hell. <laughs> you ain't been a casually just unravel yeah, Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg. I love Whoopi. Whoopi's you great. Do that. It's a, it's gonna be a dope movie. It's gonna be on Apple Plus, and then on the Disney Channel, oh. I have a cartoon called Eureka that comes out in June. I'm really excited about that. I play Eureka. the dad on. It's really cool to hear this black dad voice with Disney cartoon. Our voiceover is the new thing. That's the new thing. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to enter that space, man. I don't know who the voiceover people are, man. But if you could meet outside my hotel lobby, how they was trying to sign him, sign me for the voiceover deal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got a bunch of things happening. I see that. A couple of announcements I'm doing in a few weeks. And then I'm doing a Netflix festival, too. Uh, in May, that's that's gonna be fun too. So. Oh, uh, cool! I'll make it sure, yeah. man. We're gonna you know, be I want to get your shout outs now. 
Yeah. You know, I, I make people pay for the tweets and the and the and the Instagram. <laughs> Real, thanks again, man. We appreciate you coming through. Real talk. Taking out the time, spilling your guts out here, man. <laughs> I appreciate you, brothers, man. Thank y'all for having me, man. So, bro, we knew Rail was funny, but it's cool to to know how thoughtful he is, how insightful uh, that conversation was. What you get out of today's conversation? A lot of good stuff, man. He was a lot funnier than I thought he was going to be. And just real down to earth. Like, he's one of those people who takes the phrase, you know, not taking themselves too seriously. Like, he lives that. Mm. Yeah, that was really my biggest takeaways. I see him like, it's more like easy going. Whatever I get, that's cool. Whatever works out for me, that's cool. But, you know, I just want these certain values. Like he said, when he brought his kids on set with Ryan Reynolds to do Free Guy, he said he had that in his contract that he had to have his kids there. And the fact that they were all about it and just they welcomed it and his kids had a great time. Like the fact that he was able to enjoy it with his kids, I think that was special. Yeah. What about you? For me, I think my biggest takeaway was they did a, a sitcom and after it was canceled after one season, somebody was like, oh, bro, like, how you doing after you bombed, basically? Like, the show didn't do well. Like, you okay? And he like, nigga, yeah. Like, I'm about to go do something. Yeah, else. I just did two movies. Like, I got some other show I got to do. Like, I don't even have enough time to worry about my last failure because I've already challenged myself with five he to already ten start rebounding. So, uh, I mean, he's not even, he said he's not even looking at it as a rebound. He's not even waiting to see that shot go in. He said he's basically just. Steph Curry. You see what I'm saying? He basically just shooting at this rim, shooting at that rim, shooting at that rim. He going to let somebody else tell him if they went in. Mm. But it, it was cool to hear that mindset because I told you anytime I could get somebody to sync up with my mind on some athlete shit, like I feel like that is some athlete shit mm -hmm. if I ain't never heard some athlete shit. Athlete Real, shit. Real, that's athlete shit. The crowd will tell you if that shit went in. As always, thanks for rocking with us over here on the Iman Amongst Men podcast. See, I'm your host, Iman Shumpert. He's not really the host, but I'm Ari Shumpert, co-hosting. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe, Wherever you listen to your podcast. For full video episodes, head over to Uninterrupted YouTube channel every Monday after the episode drops. We're going to catch y'all next week. Peace.